co-teachers and classrooms getting coffee, brought to you by the Training and Technical Assistance Center at Virginia Tech, where our mission is to improve educational opportunities and contribute to the success of children and youth with disabilities. We do this by supporting and building up the educators who work with them, like you. We are your hosts, Sue Schultz, former general ed teacher. And Kitty Wade, former special ed teacher. This podcast focuses on tips from current Virginia co-teachers. So today we're talking with Katie Flad and Lauren Wyatt from Gilbert Lincoln Elementary School in Montgomery County. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> and I'm Sue Schultz. And I'm Kitty Wade. And just so you both know, I was a teacher. And I was a special ed teacher. So that's why we're doing this co-teaching podcast is we know that the best way to get information out there is to talk to real co-teachers and let you all do the talking about what it's like to be in the trenches doing the co-teaching. So it sounds like you guys hit the ground running when you started together, but can you think about any barriers, even if it wasn't relationship wise, can you think of a barrier that came up while you were co-teaching and how you were able to overcome it? Even if it wasn't something between the two of you, just like something came up and it was a problem and the two of you had to like tackle it together. I mean, the only thing I could think of right off the cuff and you might be able to think of something different would be, you know, parental issues and and kind of overcoming the hurdles of, um, you know, a parent not necessarily um, agreeing with what we think might be. best for for the student based on our professional opinion, what we see in the data. And so sometimes that can be really frustrating when she and I know something that we've seen be effective and all of a sudden the parent's not supportive. And so to build on that, like a parent contacting you or me, but not both. Right, right. Like it's got to be both. So how do you address that? How do you kind of address that with the parents? Well, what I do is I respond and if she wasn't copied. I copy, I copy her, her in. and I say in the email, like I've copied Miss Wyatt because mm-hmm. she is a part of the team. So she needs to be aware of this or, you know, vice versa. And oftentimes when we start and have that initial IEP meeting with the parent, we kind of let them know that yeah. this is your team. These are the people that are responsible for the success of your kid, you know, when they're yeah. away from, from home. And so I think that's important to kind of present it that way to the parents so that when there is a problem, they know that it's, it's a united front. I love that. That brings up a thought, Jeannie, are, do you all like plan as a grade level? And are you kind of involved in that level of the planning too? Or is that something more than Lauren does? And then you get together and translate it for your classroom. It's planned at grade level because I teach two classes in fourth grade. I co-teach in two classes. So they share their plans with me, which is awesome. And they do it way ahead of time. I mean, I, I remember the days where I would get plans like Monday morning or Tuesday morning or something like that doesn't happen. I get them a week before and then I can look and see what's going on. And I plan my phonics lessons and I look at what we need for math. And if I need to do anything for social studies and science and uh, Yeah. So it's more like grade level. Yeah. And that's, I think, is another important thing that kind of makes our job a little easier is the fourth grade team divides up the work. So I Mm -hmm. only do plans for language arts. 
My other teammate, Candace, does all the plans for math. And then our other teammate, Gabby, does all of the social studies and science planning. And so it frees up time so that we all have adequate time to meet with, with Jeannie and meet the needs of our kids because yeah. she is bouncing back and forth between two fourth grade classrooms. So the fact that we're all on the same page, we all communicate well and are all flexible, you know, it makes everything really seamless. We're very lucky that it works this way. It's yeah. not always this way. So it hasn't always been that way for me, yeah, honestly. But yeah, I get my plans way in advance. And so I have time to create things or prepare for things. Which also helps us with interventions because we have an in intervention and enrichment time that she also is a very important part of. So by her kind of being in the loop with all of our grade level planning, she she knows the kids that she needs to work with that we all need to intervene or enrich. So she's an important part of our team. She is a part of our team. <laughs> so when you're looking at data, do you only, do the two of you just kind of look at and think about data or do you do that as a grade level as well? We have, Both. Yeah, we have data meetings. And so we actually sit down with our, um, usually if our instructional coach is here, but we it's an administrator, instructional coach and a whole team meeting. And so we're all looking at that data and breaking it down and, and putting things in to what research-based best practice to help, you know, intervene on those kids that need it. And so she's an important part of that intervention process. So her sitting in on our planning and our data meetings is super important. And I go as much as I can, but I recently had to take on another group because that happens. Yeah. And that's during those data meetings. So when those are happening, I try to just like give them something else to do and then attend that. And we have other times where if she's not able to join us, we, you know, she's in the loop. It's, it's oh, impossible yeah to do this effectively for her not to be in the loop. Awesome. Won't let me out of the loop. <laughs> you're tied, you're tied in a bow in a knot in that loop. We're like Velcro over here. Great. So any final words of wisdom for the listeners? <laughs> you said wisdom? <laughs> I don't have any left. <laughs> you gain it as you go through the career. You don't lose it. Now, the longer that you co-teach with a partner, and that's that's also a barrier, if I can go back to that, is that you're not always allowed to stay with a co-teaching partner. Right. The longer you stay with a co-teaching partner where it works, the better the kids will be. You know, they'll benefit so much more if you have more time together. So it's been a barrier, but that's my advice is to fight for more time with a partner that works with you as well as she does with me. Yeah. And, did, and just, did you did you all address that with your administrator? Like at the end of that first year, were you like, hey, it's really important to us yeah. and we think it's better for the kids if we get to stay together? Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the following year, I did not have the inclusion clusters. Yeah. So I didn't get the opportunity to teach, co-teach with her last year, but was really excited to know that that we would get to team back up this year. And it's honest, I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier, just you know, forming some some sort of relationship. You know, we're lucky that that I consider her a friend and enjoy spending time with her outside of school. But if you don't have that common ground with people, you can still come together, you know, for the sake of 
works best in your classroom and just always communicating, you know, what you need, because if you're upset, you need to address it because it impacts Mm -hmm. the climate of your classroom. And you and I are the same in that. Like if there's an issue, we're just going to say. Right. And, I, and I, you know, I'm not going to be upset with her, but I'm going to be like, I would like to kind of relook at this or can we go over this again? You know, and it's, but she's very type B and I'm very type A. And so we kind of balance each other out really well. I'm glad and, you're bringing that up. So it's not that you have to be identical in some ways. Uh, they oh, no. Be identical. Exactly. I think it's better if you're not. Yeah, because she kind of keeps me from. I'm being, a goofball. Well, and, and that's our commonality here. And that's not going to be the case for everybody is we, our sense of humor is really, and I think that's how we lead instruction and how we make connections is we're we both enjoy humor with our kids and and so that's not going to be what works for everybody but sense of humor is is really our common thread between our our friendship and i think why we're so successful and sarcasm and the sarcasm yes and the snark yeah all those wonderful extras that genie brings to the table (laughs) <laughs> you <laughs> I did. I think you started with extra too. So we started we did. We did. finishing with extra. <laughs> but I've had a, other co-teaching relationships where it wasn't quite the same. Like Lauren and I were two peas in a pod, but I've had other co-teaching situations that weren't the same, but they were still successful. Right. So I think biggest piece of advice is to always be professional with your co-teacher. Always communicate, like she said, always communicate, be professional, bring up any issues to like to them um, and just both enjoy the students. Yeah. When you guys started, did you agree to that? Like, was that a conversation from the get go? Like, hey, we're, when, you, when something's wrong, come to me or did it just happen naturally? It was just a kind of an organic kind of thing. Um, you know, I think I, I hate to bring up COVID, but I do think with me being new to the game, that 2020 year, there was almost like a sense of, of unity um, because everybody had been through the same challenges that I think coming in, I don't know, it's a that magical thing. Right. You're right on that. So just, you know, this is uh, magic. It's, it's not a common thing. You know, I've had other co-teaching experiences as well. Um, and I haven't had negative experiences, but this has been by far the most um, easygoing it doesn't feel forced. It's just a very natural thing. So, you know, just taking the time to get to know somebody can be, make a huge difference in, in how the flow and the climate of your room is, because that is so important. The kids know when there's animosity or discord. And so, you know, I think the kids in here, like they're very happy. Yeah. Yeah. I know when Miss Flack comes in. Yeah. They wave their phonics books in the air. They (laughs) Yes, they both call us queen. Did you say they call you queen? Yes. My my attention grabber is hear ye, hear ye. And then they say, all hail the queen. (laughs) And then when Jeannie walks in, they wave their phonics books in the air. And and so, you know, it's it's this aspect of silliness and makes kids are engaged. And we have enough classroom management that when they do get silly, we're able to kind of bring it back down relatively quickly and so it's something they look forward to and that's important when she walks in the room I want them to be excited to see her because she's part of the family here 
I know. I love it. I just want to talk to you all day long. <laughs> the weird aunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are amazing. And yeah, we just appreciate you giving us your time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. Good luck with the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. As always, we hope this has given you an idea that you can easily use and share. You can find the show notes and our complete interview on our website at ttac.bt.edu. Click on content areas and then co-teaching. Join us next time as we continue the conversation with excellent co-teaching partners from around our regions of Virginia. Until then, make it a great day for you and your students.